State of Owls Nation. Twit, twit. In the house tonight, we're going to get through all of it. The signings, the manager changes, the press conferences, Carl Layton Parma. It's all going to be here on State of Owls Nation. Luke, will you say it with me? Twit, twit. Yes, yes, well. It's uh, it's different gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. Uh, but I just had the strange inclination to to start off on a different footing. But um, it's don't worry, it's the same old nonsense that you used to. Um, how are you, Luke? I'm doing. I'm doing well. How are you, Rich? I, I had planned to say, Luke, lock up your daughter's gladol, and then go, I caramba. But I can i can i have a american morning co-host uh nickname well that was luke lock up be... your daughter's gladol which is um obviously a bit closer. oh i thought it'd be like bitchy in the oh. douche nuzzle oh yeah or something, you know oh <laughs> what would you like to go for <laughs> uh, um and uh i don't know well, maybe that by the end of the episode we'll have landed on um, a sort of fierce creature that you could be, or, or, or something along those lines. I just think something hilariously tame could also work as well, to be fair. Okay, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know, for some reason, just to, I think I'm just thinking of American things, but um, uh, mm. popcorn butter? Luke, Luke Popcorn Butter Gladol. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Love it. I also imagine that's how Owls Americas uh, starts every episode, how I just did that as well with the... Uh, they do. They do. Yeah. yeah. It's Richie Mildard Miller and the Lejeune. The Lejeune. The Lejeune. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so we uh, the last folks will have heard of us will have been our kind of breakdown of last season, and then yes. and then uh, Dejpon Chanziri has done his own breakdown of last season uh, in, a, in, a, in a much more uh, wholesome way. Um, but we thought just you know we're on the eve of the close of the transfer window. Um, fortuitously, we have picked up our first points of the season. Um, but the idea was just that we, we, we kind of thought be, there's, there's a kind of running theme on Al's talk of where, where's, you know, are people underwhelmed, overwhelmed? Where is your whelm? Um, so this is like, the idea of this episode is a kind of whelmometer check-in. Um, mm. We're going to kind of rifle through all the big events of the summer and the start of the season and kind of, say what our reactions have been to those and maybe just sort of chew things over a little bit. Um, mm. I have to say I'm looking Would... 
to this task more than I was, you know, post post uh, picking up a point at Leeds more than I was pre picking up a point at Leeds. Sorry, Luke. So, you know, we, we remember. I mean, you know, this is obviously everything that has been and gone since we tried to, you know, do what any, um, you know regular saying Wednesday fan would do which was carry the season with any optimism mm. and then just to just to maybe have you know reevaluate that stance we'll put it yes. that way because I don't want to don't want to contain any spoilers for what we're going to get into um <laughs> but it 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 made you think a little bit differently we'll put it that way you know mm. I think everybody felt about it a little bit differently um, yes. But going into that, Rich, can we just for the record, just for the just just in case people want to play along at home uh, <laughs> alongside the regular bingo that we have um, that we have going <laughs> um, like what what is the scale? What is because it, it's you know, you we've uh, you've sent me we've been chatting about this. You've sent me a couple of texts. You sent me the breakdown of all the events of which. You know, I'm glad you did because some things have, you know, maybe forgotten out of um, <laughs> out, out of, of trauma, of maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe this <clears throat> case. Yeah. Um, so what what is what is the base level here? And and obviously, a sensible thing to have done would have been to discuss this ahead of time. But uh, I don't. Just in my head, I think maybe a kind of a, is that. I don't know how you want how, how granular you want to go, but I, I, you could do like a overwhelm, completely overwhelmed, slightly overwhelmed, whelmed is the middle point, and then mm. slightly underwhelmed, completely underwhelmed. So you got kind okay, of a, so we're going for a kind yeah. of a a, a like a like. Ah, I love that you knew. I didn't want to drop the the you know drop the knowledge without uh, knowing that you could come along with me. But yes, a like at scale. Is, is was is what I had in mind, but I I, I could be persuaded otherwise. If you uh, like if you it. want, we'll do that. Okay, hey, we could go for a pitchfork sort of hundred point scale of well, <laughs> ten. <laughs> we could, we could put it in the the Beaufort scale, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's another one, isn't it? We could give it in Fahrenheit because we're such raging yanks, you know. Oh, I, and I would translate into centigrade, which would make it seem a lot less whelmed than it mm. is. Yeah. I'm also <laughs> we're recording this. I am finishing up my trip, you know, it's the first time back in the UK for uh, 18, 19 months, a year and a half, pretty much. Mm. And uh, we could also give it in gas marks as well, if you wanted. Okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's just <laughs> yeah. go, let's yeah, just gas go with the regular Likert scale. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's uh, it's probably a fair place to start uh, with mm. one of the meatiest elements is uh, the sacking of Darren Moore or the, sorry, the mutual parting of ways, the conscious uncoupling of... Sheffield Wednesday and Darren, Darren Moore. Which, I mean, if you talk about conscious uncoupling, can we talk about, can we, can we talk about Khalees and Bill Murray being an item? Wow. 
and then now they're now they're not an item. But I heard they were not an item, and I was like, wait, they were an item. They were an item, was, yeah. Yeah, but I was very much aware that Wednesday and Darren Moore were an item, um, and and then it was it was Finney. And a more natural um, fit, I think it's fair to to argue than a. Yeah, but probably announced much like a shocking death. Um, I can't yeah. remember what the last shocking death has been. Um, not like Mohammed El Fayed, who I think has died recently, which I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. He was 94. Yeah. Um, well, Jimmy Buffett's Mr. Margaritaville himself has uh, just passed. He has, he has, he has kicked it. Yeah. He has kicked the Buffett. Um, and uh, anyway. Darren Moore. It's good to. I think it's probably a good footing. Like first ten minutes, you really want to reel through some li- recent deaths. I think it's it's, <laughs> it's, good, it's just a good thing for for a podcast to do. I know. Um, we just uh, it's our own version of James Richardson. You know, having a having an Italian coffee and going through those Serie A papers. You know. That um, just um, just to to wallow um, in this this water slightly. Uh, one thing I haven't well, a thing I haven't put on my list is obviously we have lost uh, a couple of Wednesday legends in the uh, kind of build up to this season. Um, so I don't I guess know. So yeah, it seems uh, disrespectful to put it on a whelm scale, but uh, so we shouldn't do that. Obviously, that would be bad. Um, but just shouldn't go without mentioning, you know, obviously uh, very sad to have lost Tricky Trav and, and the Bartman, Chris Bart Williams. Um, one Incredibly, of, yeah. Yeah, but both, both too soon. Gone way uh, too soon. Them, yeah, one of them ridiculously soon. Um, but yeah, just just feels like it's worth noting on the way that we, you know, not something that we, we hasn't passed our... Uh, our attention uh, uh, during the the intervening time, but yes, let's uh, let's wrench ourselves back onto the subject at hand. So mm-hmm. this is uh, there cannot be many football clubs who twice in the last five years have lost their manager, sort of very very close to the beginning of the season in the way we have, um, mm-hmm. completely sort of unplanned for and shockingly so in both cases. But uh, this, to me, was more shocking than Bruce. I mean, there was no murmurings ahead of time about this happening. It just landed for, like a bolt from the blue. Is that fair to say? Yep. Very much so, yeah. <clears throat> and I feel yeah, that if we're getting off on this, it's almost, a, it's almost breaking the scale from when you bring it in. You know, it's... This is a complete underwhelm and, you know, underwhelm, but there's also just like a lashings and lashings of just heartbreak and heartache and disappointments. And yeah. it's, it's a real, um, it's, it's a real KFC bucket meal of shit, really. Yes. There's just, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of additives. There's a lot of sides of just, just crap with this it's just incredibly shocking the news came through i think i texted you seeing it on twitter and i had to give a i had to give a double take Mm. you know when i saw it you know check the date it was nowhere near april fools um 
there was nothing like, you know, hey, this is actually something that's copying your feed, which is someone is currently doing a fake Twitter account. Yeah, it's not. This fake. is not SWFC transfers 147523Z or whatever, um, trying to get some clout. Uh, yeah, completely shocking. Um, and mm. I think there is also an element of, I know this is sort of, stupid to say particularly in the context of sort of actually you know having actually lost people etc but it, I, I think there is a bit of mourning for what might have been there's an unknowable mm. now and i know i mean i've never seen this the, the film sliding doors but i you know i can't help quoting it referencing it constantly um but the you know that's that's a it's just going to be regardless of what happens this season there's just an unknowable what might have been if we'd stuck with the the horse that got us to the show, you know. Um, mm. I and we still and we've now had statements from both sides. I, I think it feels a bit like probably it was a. I think Dar- like on balance, I think Darren Moore probably did want paid quite a lot more, and that's fair enough. <laughs> um, but I also think probably yeah. That, I mean, looking at what we've spent this summer it's been a real kind of shoestring summer um i think it's also probably fair that darren moore would have found the task of trying to get this team into some sort of playoff contention an extremely daunting one um Mm -hmm. so i think i think there's a bit of truth in both sides and maybe that's me just being you know getting splinters sat on the fence but how what's your sort of reading of things yeah um it has to come down to that, but I, I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot that comes into this, which is this is going to be a recurring theme because it is a recurring theme of Sheffield Wednesday, a recurring theme that we know as fans, that effectively, you guys had a conversation with my dad recently about, um, about like the world of kind of conspiracy theorists and like mm. the, talking about John Ronson's then. And you know any 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 however far you want to go, but let's just play with this mentality. Let's play with this. I get mad and upset at politics, but effectively they're puppeted by good people. You know, if that's a corporation, it's shadowy, yeah. um, a builder bear type thing. The builder bear, yeah, builder bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the builder bear warehouse. The builder. Yeah, that's cool. So if you go ahead and you subscribe to that, you don't have to. But if you follow the idea and then apply that as a mentality, as a model to Sheffield Wednesday, it's like there's only so much I can kind of be upset with a Darren Moore, with a Shishko Munyaf, um, which we'll get onto. Mm-hmm. Because effectively a lot of the stuff is endemic and coming down as a result of decisions made by Deshaun Chansiri. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> keeping that in mind, if you have a situation where, we, you know, we have this kind of, I mean, like, I mean, on the if you were doing things like giving players short-term deals, if you're giving managers short-term deals, like, it can have benefits for when things don't work and you need to have cheap options to mm. get out of set arrangements. The other side of the sword is 
if you have a manager or a player who is doing exceptionally well, then you're in a position to renegotiate or lose them to the further market. Um, if the situation is true where Darren Moore was not paid very well um, or paid paid a reasonable salary for League One and then yeah. there is a gulf in wages to the championship, I cannot blame him for trying to go get his bag, especially in football career. A football playing career is a short-term thing. Football management seems a very short-term thing. In sense, it and like, can be, can't it? Yeah, and and arbitrary can. extent. Yeah, and you know we've had a Sheffield Wednesday curse of having managers maybe of a certain age and a certain part of their career, but then you know consigning nails into the coffin to say you know you will not work in the town of football again. Yes. See, see Gary Megson, see Tony Pulis, yeah, see Gary Monk. So. Like working at Wednesday can be uh, can be difficult on one's CV and resume, presumably. That's what it seems to be. So, yeah, I I can kind of believe the narrative that following what what Chancery said, because also I feel that that would be, I don't know, that feels like a a, a very litigant thing to say, doesn't it? Yeah, if you yeah. say that, and then if that's not the case for people then that surely is uh not a good move to be making um from that so i mean like there's that so i I kind of see it for that purpose um yeah what else i don't know what what other dimensions can i talk about with this well i think that i think possibly we'll get we'll round out the context because the way essentially i just done an exhaustive list of what I feel are the kind of like big points along the road uh, during this summer. So we will. Yeah. But I, I, I just think in the fact of losing more, I mean, it's yeah. shocking is disappointing. It makes, unfortunately it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I think Darren Moore has earned said contracts, um, yeah. but also there is a cost of getting <clears throat> Darren Moore X amount of money, but there's also a cost of, you know, fire firing him. Oh yeah. You know, part parting ways mutual content mutual consent. Um, however you want to frame it in whatever kind of language you want to use about that, like it has just drained the enthusiasm. Yeah. It's whatever like the sump tank or like, you know, the, the you know, if you're <laughs> yes. trying to drain a swamp and like you've done that, it's that. It's that as a the most efficient, devastating way. It's like it's like something's just slurped up a Olympic swimming pool of goodwill. Of goodwill, exactly. It is yeah. it is bare. It is dry. It is bone dry in the yeah. the former Olympic swimming pool. And it's just it's just not the situation and not the time to do it. So it's shocking. I don't agree. I didn't agree with the decision. No, no. Um I'm I'm upset about it, you know. Emotionally, I was upset about it, um, and you know, I, and logically, didn't like it as well. So there's just think, numerous levels of just not liking this. Just in terms of because more had some 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 critics last season, and I think you know, in terms yeah, of, yeah, to the extent we might have numbered ourselves amongst them, I think that we had an incredible 
record last season, but often it wasn't particularly enjoyable to, to watch. I know that's churlish um, in some ways, because obviously, like all football fans, you take the success. I play terribly and win pretty much always over playing wonderfully and losing. But uh, I, I think our kind of mid season check-in was kind of, oh, we're breaking all these records, we're doing so well, but it doesn't feel like it. And so yeah. there's a group of people, vociferous <laughs> online, um, who had sort of said, well, do you know, Moore would have really struggled tactically, not the best manager and would have been out outthought more often than not in, in the championship. But also big, big criticisms of, the squad as it stood where do you i i do find that kind of an interesting little thought experiment to go down because on the one hand it's a team that got a kind of record points haul for a team in third mm. we, would, we would have stormed mm-hmm. up automatically pretty much every season in the last 20 having performed just the way we did um and actually if we hadn't had a third team that was doing quite so well you could argue actually there would have been even more points on the board potentially for us. Um, so that it's kind of marrying that with the fact that yes, but it also felt like we kind of pulled off an incredible magic trick to get up in the way we did. Um, mm. Because, well, we put ourselves in an enormous hole in the semifinals and, you know, it was wonderful, but, we had to do something miraculous to get to the final. And then the final was a terrible game of a terrible trudge of a game of football. And we, we, we sort of sweated away against 10 men for a long period of that game. And let's be frank, we were incredibly lucky to score in the last second there. Otherwise it would have been the gamble of penalties and just who knows. So Mm. it's hard to, it's hard to, marry those two thoughts and I think we probably would have been struggling with it if if nothing had changed in the summer we'd be looking at that squad and kind of going what are they really are they a 90 some point team and therefore why aren't we considered in the same breath as Plymouth or Ipswich or are they a team that kind of pulled the rabbit out of the hat and can't be expected to do that too often in a league up against better opposition um Mm. I mean, we're going to get to it, but we've made an awful lot of signings. Uh, yeah. What What were your pro- let put yourself in the mindset prior to more going? What were your thinking? What was your thinking going into the season under Darren Moore? I think. I think like I wanted to see as much of that momentum carried forward, and I think just that with the spine and nucleus of his team. I I think I wonder if it just everything with that momentum just gives you an impetus that you can't get. And I'm wondering if that looks over the fact I'm I'm curious if that would have looked over the fact of who we are and where we are in terms of a squad makeup, because effectively we're playing a game like it's it's not a game that seems to work in the second tier where you can get people in from the Premier League to drop down and have their quality on like journeyman final contracts, but have enough quality to kind of basically to kind of just brutally kind of, you know, crassly kind of kick and punch out of the league. 
Yeah. But you can do that in League One. And, you know, we've been there, we've done it before to a certain degree. Mm. Alongside, you know, some characters that, you know, I think eventually you get a mixture of like, we have a few of those people, we have a little, we have a, t- a sprinkle of youth. Um, we have some players who've been there at the division and done it before. And then, like, the experienced journeyman, you know, like, I mean, Derby are doing it, and Derby will at some point be successful doing that right now. Yeah. No, they did not. But, like, I think it takes a maybe take a while to get the, the exact right mix of characters, but you do get those characters. But then, and looking it? at the squad, yeah, looking at it and saying, it's a weird thing because last time we did this, at a giant, we made a lot of signings. It's probably a very similar what we're going to see now. It felt we just sucked out all of the squat, the character. Yeah. Um, and I felt like there were probably some characters from that time who deserved a chance. This time the big one was Rob Jones, wasn't it? Last time. Yeah, yeah. Someone like that is just like a very natural, very natural at the back. Yeah. Um, that was that was that was really missing. So I I'm, I think like this keeping a bit of that in mind, but then you're also like. Yeah, but a lot of these players are like very late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, and they've been in this division before. You know, when they were younger players with, you know, more, more, more legs, more Indian legs, more. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's such a weird kind of uh, balancing act. So I, I think surgery needs to be done on spot. Um, but the risk is that like the amount of turnover that you have it takes a lot out of it and it's still a lot to bet in. Yeah. I think in so many ways it's just like there's never any unless you've got money to just go buy the tried and tested but exciting with upsell value players. You know, we didn't have seemingly have the money that Ipswich have. Oh no. Yeah, no. They've they're, they're, yeah, they've got silly money, haven't they? Yeah, so it, 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 yeah, it, it, to a degree, it's, it's hard. It's, um, I think of that needs to be done, and maybe it's, it's such a difficult kind of balancing act. Yeah. I think the little, this little bit of a strong characteristic in DNA in the right areas, but then you just keep acting out final years of, of or, you know? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm conscious yeah. we've got a list of 25-odd <laughs> <laughs> moments to talk uh, yeah. to. But not, I think this one deserved the time. Obviously, it's, it's pivotal. It's hugely... Nothing's had the impact that this has had on, on the, the season ahead. So, it's worth talking uh, in a bit of detail about it. But, yeah, fair to say... Uh, in terms of receiving the news, completely underwhelmed on that on that one. Um, if if that's the bottom end of the scale, it's you know we we yeah. are we are scraping the floor of the bottom. Um, if it's the top of the scale, we are we're, we're scraping the ceiling. Anyway, um, uh, the next thing probably less time to 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 talk over, but we've got Reese James uh, signing um, on a. On a free, I think it was in the end, or did we end up paying, kicking a bit of money to uh, Blackpool for him? Yeah, I might have. I'm not entirely sure. 
then permanently out. It's a acquisition project from level. I thought this one was, was I'd probably say, like, round, I'd say. I mean, the concept of when it comes it probably has something to lot, a lot to say to me about the situation. Yeah, it's... Yeah, um, by that, it's following very quickly after we got rid of Darren Moore, right? Or was it... It must have been in the, yeah, it must have been in the works prior to him being departing. Mm. (laughs) It was so quick, wasn't it? Um, I was, I would say at the time I was pleased, um, you know, slightly, slightly whelmed, um, gently whelmed, um, (laughs) slow whelmed over the course of a, of a season by Reese James. Um, I, I think since he's looked a little bit lost and I, I do worry slightly he might be like sort of Darren Moore's boy um, you sometimes get players that just only seem to perform for certain managers there's kind of a simpatico between the manager and the player that, that just works for them um, because he wasn't getting to play for Blackpool in the championship um, and what I've seen so far from him, he doesn't look like the same guy that was turning out for Wednesday last season. Uh, but at the time, pleased enough with the signing. Um, we happy to move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There you go. So there's going to be some short ones. There'll be some longer ones. It's going to be a. It's going to be a. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a real, real smorgasbord of uh, of bits and pieces. So the next, the next thing I've got is the manager search. So that's kind of entailing some of the names that maybe came up during that time. Um, and then the appointment of Cisco Munoz. Were there... How, so, yeah, were there names that you kind of clung to in the process that came up? Were there names that you were dreading in the process? How how was how did you feel during the... It felt like quite a long search. Was it 10 days or something like that? Maybe a bit longer? It felt a long time, especially with um, you know, this dearth of any great news. And just the entire rhythm, I mean, the context of things is like, we were already pretty late to getting tired with things. Yes. And then it was what, like, how how many days motion was it that we believed down more of his duties? Oh, now you're asking. <laughs> um, I'm going to wrote this down as well, to be fair, but there we go. Um, we were late to getting started with this season. Here we go. So, do you want? Sorry, just I've, I have pulled it up, so we might as Please well. Do. Yeah, so, yeah, Darren yeah. Moore and his backroom staff left the club by mutual consent on the 19th of June, and then uh, 21st of June, my birthday, uh, Wednesday confirmed their away strip. Um, 30th of June, the players returned for training, and then we didn't appoint Cisco until the 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a talk about like how uh, uh, I remember like was it uh, Saturday Chancery? Um, it was the evening of Chancery, wasn't it? it was yes, with, uh, yes, that was quite soon after, wasn't thingy. it? Yeah. yeah, I like I said, Chancery. He's going to tell some tales and be interviewed, you know, and you can get a pie and pea supper. I, mean, I hope this. I hope the club as he went to the band store did get a piece of supper. Uh, <laughs> wasn't look a didn't didn't sound fun evening, but anyway, he made the joke, which I think was I think the difficult thing was 
Sometimes when they're reporting speech seem very different from when they come out. Uh, it was actually like Barry Bannon joking that he would take the training because the players got you know return, and we didn't get an announcement obviously until after the players had come back. Yes, that was when you're coming in on four, as you said, wise. So I remember that kind of like really staying. But anyway, in terms of that, like we're already late to getting started. We're late to getting started for the season. Um, we're really hoping to see player acquisitions coming in. Our main talismanic figurehead, a manager, leave the club, and then feel like we are, you know, kind of rudderless. And then the the weird thing of signing Reese James had the difficulty of thinking, well, who is, you know, who is who is improving these? Yeah, players? yeah. Because nobody really that we know see in the in in terms of having an oversight to all these things. Uh, um, but then also weirdly odd bit of comfort on the, the other side because it's yes, kind of a bit yes. like, well, you know, things are still going ahead. Life is still going on. Even though we've, you know, in that morning sense, we've lost our um, The manager search, yeah, it, it felt like a very, very long time to get going. Yeah, so it's I mean, nearly five, it must that, be like, 15 days. Yeah, because I mean, then it follows up the question of being like, oh, do you have someone else in mind? And yeah. it became apparent very quickly to say, no, it's purely like, you know, no one else lined up. It's purely just because things have reached a reached a point with Darren Moore that it's agreed to not be anything to go on with, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so the, uh, I, I guess in terms of, like, who did we have in terms of names? I, I think the, the ones that stood out. I mean, Dean Smith was supposedly quite close. Yeah. It depends who, which of your in the knowers you uh, favour. But um, there was mm. some a fair amount of talk that Dean Smith was close. Yeah. Um, and oh, forgive me, the the um, Stanislas was the pigs manager briefly. I think anyway, uh, Chikanovic. Think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was he linked? Really? I'm sure there was. Some I thought link. it was. Um, you know, in the Billich. Billich was kind of linked, wasn't he? Billich was linked. Yeah, Slavin Billich. Yeah, that was a, that was another one that mm. was kind of, if you believed the chirping, uh, that that it was quite close. Uh, I mean, n- none, nothing particularly mouthwatering. There was also Carlos was kind of linked for a little while, wasn't he? Carlos. Uh, mm-hmm. Carlos um, I think that probably was the one that was maybe most interesting to me, just because it felt like let's get the old crew together again and have a go at the uh, the championship. Um, not particularly that excited about Dean Smith, but at least it felt like a sensible manager in the same guise as Darren Moore. Mm. Did we have some other kind of UK options, like English managers that seemed a bit, you know, palatable? Pragmatic. I, I mean, Nathan Jones was linked a little bit, wasn't he? Yeah. But mm, he seems a bit. <laughs> he seems like yeah. a, he might be somebody that kind of uh, similar to uh, Reese James. Like so you get certain managers that only work at certain clubs, and it feels like he he might only work at one club. <laughs> mm. Um. But then obviously we ended up with. Cisco Munoz. If I'm, I, I still don't feel confident yeah. that I'm saying it right. 
and I think the way I've sold it to myself mentally is he's a guy that's got a promotion out of this league. Yep. Which yep. not everybody has. That's, uh, that's quite an achievement. Um, the particular way that Watford works means that you presumably have to be a good coach, first and foremost, because you're not picking those players. Um which again, there's questions over where players come from at Sheffield Wednesday. So that that I could convince myself that was quite a positive. Um, but I didn't, to be honest, know very much about him at all. His first name begins with an X. Yes. So uh, he's Spanish. We haven't had a Spanish man- manager before. No. Uh, I seem to really like him, and like you know, you know, we had hilarious. In terms of linking, you know, it seemed like probably that got banded around. Probably seemed to be very speaking very very highly. Yeah, yeah, that, I about his time that. at Watford. I forgot about that little uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think I, I think there's a lot to kind of scramble up and think about positives, but I think in this nature, it just feels like. Um, when all of this enthusiasm has just been ripped out, this abscess, um, it feels like they're trying to kind of just make a token effort to kind of fill the gap, I think. So I remember thinking at the time, it just, it felt, I, I think it was more relief that the thing was over. I think it was relief as well that it's not someone else. I think yeah. it's something to look at and think about. There's, there's yes. a lot of elements to to think it could have been a lot worse. And yes. it, it felt like, weirdly, like it's the pragmatism of of an English manager coming in and being a bit disappointing of an appointment. It's just going to be more disappointing when it doesn't, if it doesn't work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could so have been like, a Pardew or somebody like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's an excitement of kind of a similarity of unknown. Um, there's one who, again, I think as you said, you know, has a promotion. So degree of knowing the division works. And yeah. then I, I mean, it's it it is a bit of a strange thing to look at, but that seems to be the nature of what we talk about with foreign coaches, especially when Carlos came in. Like, uh, you know, foreign coaches seem to just flit around jobs. They don't seem to really yes. stick anywhere for any great lengthy period of time. And it's a difficult thing to look at and say, well, why, you know, to look over someone's resume and say, well, why were you only in this position for X months? That just seems to be how it works. You know, well, there's definitely, so I think that's a thing. Yeah. I've read about in Italy, there's the, the, the philosophy is very much that you kind of, managers find their place kind of thing right so it's not damning to have had a failure at a club it doesn't you know that doesn't have a bearing necessarily on whether you'll fail at your next club um mm. i think ranieri's probably a typical example he's had some wild successes and also been terrible at places and that's kind of i know italy's not spain but um it maybe gives an idea of kind of a bit more of the mindset in european football is you're just finding your place um, rather than, you know, you're a good manager, you're a bad manager. And we, we tend to, I think in the UK, we have managers for, uh, we are specialists at a situation rather than feeling oh. that 
that club was a good fit or that club wasn't a good fit. Um, Warnock being being a great example of <laughs> of, of a specialist. Uh, maybe two types of specialists really for for old uh, Colin. To be fair to him, promotion and uh, staving off relegation. Um, yeah, I, so I think I'm doing a lot of I'm ignoring to try and stay positive and have my hopes for the mm. season ahead. Um, mm-hmm. What's sad about the, the more departure? Um, I think yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to, you know, I did this at the time, but I'm also still actively doing it. I'm trying to tell myself, as you say, this guy's got a promotion from this division on his record, which not, not everybody has. That's a, that's a good thing to have. Um, I'm trying to ignore the fact that things have not been quite so good since he left Watford. Um, he seems, he, he, I think he did pick up a trophy at, um, prior to Watford he, and then obviously got promoted with Watford. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to ignore that <laughs> the post Watford element of his managerial career, um, and as Wednesday fans, all we can do is kind of hope for the best. Really, in these situations, we don't uh, we don't get the final say. Mm. Um, so, so I guess the, just the, yeah, go on. We're going to look at this and do the uh, do the well again, well monitor yeah. check in. The manager search was was I don't know if it's just always it's just always depressing. Yeah, it's always depressing to have to look over this laundry list, you know, this really unimaginative laundry list of, of gray men and failures. Gray men and failures, yeah, the best of the gray men, you know, as we yeah. previously toasted yeah. Gary Monk joining Sheffield Wednesday, and you know, again, that was another situation of being like could have been worse yes. you know especially looking over some of the characters so it's just it's never fun i'd say it was mildly underwhelming it was yeah fair enough. in terms of time frame and how long it went on it was probably a bit worse than that yes but then finally the relief of getting money off and looking and thinking about him and trying to you know think about the positives which there are positives with him yeah. um I yeah, I think with Munyoff coming in, it's straight whelm considering yes. the situation. Considering everything in the context, this is this is fine. You know? Yeah. And not not quite not quite this is fine of the uh the meme of the dog drinking coffee when everything's on fire. Um yes. just just all right. It's it's perfectly perfectly middle of the road whelm for me. Yeah, no, that's say. fair enough. I, hilariously, just to kind of, uh, we, we'll move on. But hilariously, there was because when you know it was a completely sh- a complete shock that Darren Moore was was departing, and I think hilariously there was a moment where I kind of thought, oh, maybe something quite big is afoot here. You know, maybe there's a plan for a, another manager to come in, or maybe there is some sort of somebody's investing in the club or buying the club and they want their own man in and things. I, I, I thought about all these pretend, cause we're idiots as football fans. We, you know, we, we, the, this stupid little flame of hope maintains us even in the bleakest of times. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, that, that flame of hope was like, Oh no, maybe this terrible thing's a good thing in so many ways. Um, 
it's just sort of funny to think now just how much of a shambles things were off the back of it. The idea that there was some, to go back to your conspiracy kind of thing, there was some guiding hand uh, in charge of things is really feels very laughable. Um, seeing <laughs> seeing the summer that we've ended up having. <laughs> oh dear. Um, speaking of laughable things, uh, the so that we we had the appointment of Cisco Munoz. Um, and then the press conference and all of that, you know, you'd got yourself home, Luke. And I imagine after that press conference, you were flying high. Um, if, if you're being sarcastic, then yes. <laughs> if you were gen, if you were genuinely thinking, I'm, I'm sorry, Rich, uh, you were wrong. Um, yes. it's a massive underwhelm, underwhelm. Yeah. yeah for me just just awful just i just this is exactly who we've come to see uh, to know about death from chan theory because I, i'm putting the focus on chan theory because you know in his mind it's all about him yeah um him having his online uh, keyboard warrior fight with you know an next one and carlton leighton palmer Yes. Um, he did say Leighton, didn't he? He did. That's, Carl that's the kind of joke. Yeah, it's yeah. Carl Leighton. That's hilarious. Um, but again, it's just we know that he's like. I think I remember like a comment from you know the Sun journalist Alan Nixon, who a lot of us have followed on Twitter. Mm. You know, general record connections of being ITK. That's just really dried up on Sheffield Wednesday. Yes, but you know seemingly on the, the world of keeping up to date with things. Someone who I think oh, everybody has talked about his tweets to some degree. And I remember him saying about Chancery saying like, early on saying he's an emotional guy. He's an emotional little, little man, wee man. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. In the kind of Scottish Scottish patois. Yes. Um and it's like we know that it's everything about him and he's taking things personally. It's it's, there doesn't seem to be any evolution. There doesn't seem to be any change. There doesn't seem to be any lessons. And it's, I feel like there's some degree of lessons learned in Chan series, like evolution of looking after Wednesday. But like, it's just there's a lot of holes missing there. And yeah. it's like the whole purpose and everything I want to do with a press conference is to learn more about Munoz and have him just kind of try and just like the nature of what it is and how we are with football fans looking for that positivity, thinking about this situation, this new life, this new talk, we can get kind of like a little bit, think a little bit what if about what's coming. Yes. And we can get a little bit excited about that. And there's just no opportunity to go there at all. And I wanted that and I was severely, severely disappointed that it just made it all about him. And then it's like, if that was part of I don't know if there's any length that he did it to that would be made fine to just to just cover it and just address yeah, it. No, no. It's but then just the thing the is, the press is... conference. No, the press conference is only like 20, 20 odd minutes. They do a joint full press conference of that length to that of which, what like twelve, thirteen minutes. To yeah. Like half of it, pretty much, was taken up by Chancery ranting about people being critical of like how he's running the club you know 
calling out someone who a lot of Wednesday fans um, hold in very high reverence for his time with the club, Colson Palmer. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And him saying, and probably saying things within the press that, like, I feel like a lot of Wednesday fans have said anyway. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think Colin Palmer has said anything that was hugely offensive or untowards. I think it's not as constructive criticism, but I think it's just, you know, it's just anything but that a fan says. He's also a man that, to be fair, you know, okay, we have, we, we have a respect for Carlton Palmer because of his playing career. He's not sort right. of been a hugely influential pundit off the field so just i know essentially he is just another face on the internet mouthing off and that's i think that's the thing is like this is it's such an abuse of your position of power and also it's just it should this should be beneath you because you're an actual person with your hands on the tiller at this football club what some person on the internet says and frankly, oh. I don't expect him to know a huge amount about Colin Palmer. Um, why should he? Um, in the same way, <laughs> anybody that, that was only introduced to the club like five years ago, what, you don't need to know an, a, a kind of encyclopedic knowledge of who played for the football club 30, 40 years ago. <clears throat> um, but it's just like, oh, it just was so, on so many levels, just so wrong. And then, yeah, to kind of, Go back to the meme of the dog drinking coffee. That's what the manager looks like sat next to him, wide-eyed, <laughs> thinking, what the hell have I let myself in for? Him for. I know. Oh. I know. Sipping at his water and just thinking, you know, man alive. Because <laughs> uh, nobody's seen anything like that. It's really as good. No. It's Dave Allen-type stuff, isn't it? Um yeah, which is not a good comparison. Um, so yeah, hugely underwhelming press conference. Uh, I think probably not worth spending a huge amount of time on the next point, which I've just I've just lumped the friendlies together. Um, <laughs> you know, following this mm. term, really underwhelming friendlies. <laughs> I yeah. would say. Um, yeah. It's really struggling to score goals. Really struggling to keep them out. Um, and you could argue, really, our proper preseason has actually been these <laughs> probably these first seven games of the yeah. season, uh, yeah, five very much so. two cup games. Um, so we've got a flurry of signings now, uh, and I appreciate yeah. you've had sort of pat your your ability to watch Wednesday's been a bit patchy uh, so far this season. Um, mm. And also, it's very early days. That's the big caveat here. But uh, partly, it's putting ourselves in the mind of hearing about them. Partly, it's, it's our experiences so far. But let's just let's just rattle through a few. So, first off, of the the new breed was Juan Delgado. Where are you? Yeah, this at? one. I think the four out of five, the mildly positive. You know, it's yeah. a mild whelm. You know, I think it's above that. I I liked the fact that he seems to be. You know, he's a player of pretty decent reputes. I think I like, I think it's interesting. I think we're going to get into this with some players that I think there's almost kind of a culture about certain kind of national 
personalities you kind of enjoy. I yeah. kind of like seeing... I don't know so much about the international centre back. So historically, we've had we've had some we've had some big hitters in those positions. Yeah, yeah. We also had some pretty poor fillings in recent times. <laughs> yes, yeah. But like, I'll think about like a more kind of like the wing back mentality. Um, I don't know why, but I kind of put him not because he's exactly the same player, but someone of a decent repute who's come in at a certain age. I weirdly get kind of Daniel Pudil vibes from yeah, that kind no, of Yeah, no, I can see that. I kind of like that. I think it's kind of like a position, like the wing back, the fullback, that you can have someone who comes in who has a little bit of flair and a bit of solidity. Yeah. And I think like, maybe just in terms of characteristics, it just seems like a good position. So I think that's kind of really benefited like how feeling about Delgado. I like the look yeah. of him. I like his kind of size. The times I've seen a little bit of him, I think I've seen he seems okay. I still see a great kind of patch with a lot of these players about lack of fitness, but that is mm. just barely anybody's had the luxury of a preseason. No. Really, with the timing of how we've done things. So it's there's very much a you know, a thing, but it's it's kind of shared across everybody, so it's not really a thing individually and also who knew that our eventual replacement for sam hutchinson was going to be a winger slash wingback a chilean winger slash wingback because he loves a yellow card uh he he loves a little nip and angle. uh he got he got another one today for a bit of a late tackle uh but i don't mind that a little extra his game as long as he can control himself after picking up the yellow um some players just play better on on the edge of things. No, I've, I've been quietly pleased thus far with him, and he seems fairly versatile. Obviously, we've seen him in, a, I think, at least three different positions already. Um, mm-hmm. And but I, I also feel like he's sort of growing as a presence, which is which is nice to see. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy to join you on the on the four out of five there on the on the Welm scale, the Wellmometer. Mm. Next up was Ashley Fletcher. So again, somebody that managers mm. have a prior relationship with, although I don't believe he played a huge amount of football for him at Watford. Uh, they, they were a bit blessed with the options up there. Um, thoughts? This one, I think, is depending on when you kind of look at him. Um, I think when we signed him, I think it was just straight whelm. That yeah. seemed to be kind of like an experience like a tried and tested kind of championship player one with um you know enough people thinking about him in a certain lens to think that he's has enough kind of aptitude and quality to kind of do something but then kind of also kind of like questions so like thinking oh could this be a chance for him to reignite something or to get something out but then the fact that he's got a bit of pace is pretty good yeah i'm surprised Um, how quick he is actually yeah, but then I I also I I think unfortunately like the the hologram that I look at when I look at it afterwards, it's kind of dropped down below that level. Okay, yeah. I don't know if it's quite as harsh, and I think there's still time to kind of get things going. But like he's not looked fantastic, and I think it's maybe a bit of the negative that we're going towards some of these players who are, you know, were kind of new and novel and they could have the potential to be 
one or two of them could be potential to be fun, you know, fantastic. And hopefully the rest are at least on the scale of good. Um, but I'm, like, it just doesn't. Yeah, it's it's a little bit boring. Honestly, I'm shocked. Like that, kind of I'm shocked to see that he played 35 games last season because. Wigan, right? Yeah, yes, he play, seems to have played for New York Red Bulls as well. Um, but he looks really rusty, like he's come back from a big injury. Or, mm. uh, But that's not the case, which does make me worry. <laughs> uh, because maybe this is just a kind of broken toy in, in, uh, in a number of ways. Um, he mm. only, in 35 appearances, and granted a lot of these might have been from the bench, but he only picked up two goals. Uh, well, as many cards as he got goals last season. Um, oh, I'm just looking at season before. So he barely played the season before. 21-22, he played six times and scored twice. So he got as many goals in six appearances as he did in 35. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 13 appearances for Borough, three goals. Um, yep. So not, not a a hefty bringer of goals for quite some time. Um, his last big season, yeah, 2019-2020, he played 46 times for Borough and got 13 goals. Mm. But one in three would be a marked improvement on what he's done in the last couple of years. So <laughs> I would, I would. I mean, if he gets to the dizzy heights of getting double figures, I mean, I think we'd all be pretty happy with that. I I saw somebody else talk who said I'd be surprised if he gets three goals this season. Oh, yeah. Which I can't remember exactly who that person is, but I unfortunately I kind of felt he's agree. I mean, it, you know, a little bit of different. I mean, it's nice that we've got some with a bit of pace. Yeah. That. I mean, so that is nice and something because, you know, when we're thinking about Gregory and we're thinking about Smith up top, um, it's pretty stationary. You know, and he was playing for a Wigan team that were a complete basket case last season. So it's a it's a right. pretty hard. You know, they finished bottom considerably. Um, mm. So that's going to be difficult for a striker anyway. Yeah, to be fair to him. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a. I, I think you're probably right. I think kind of leaning towards that two out of five on the Welm scale. Um, but there's there's a bit of hope. I, I I like the pace and that I thought in the Cardiff game in particular that pace coming from the bench, kind of having Gregory wear them down for an hour and then springing some pace on them almost really were, was effective. So. Um, mm. Yeah, hopefully he'll be a useful tool to have in the box, even if sadly he's not going to be our our leading man in the way that maybe we need or hope. Um, Paul mm. is next up, who's had a smashing performances. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's probably a slight mild underwhelm underwhelm with mm. Paul Valentin. It felt like a Delgado with lesser lesser caliber. You know, yeah. doesn't quite have the international. Doesn't have the international credentials. Yeah, I think someone someone was interestingly interviewed about him. I think a journalist in his. Where is Mr. Paul Valentin from again? Sorry, he's Spanish. He's Spanish. I thought there was a somebody who was interviewed who was and and they 
who was a journalist for that league, and he said, I'm kind of surprised he's not really that wonderful a player. Okay. You know, the thing they kind of said he was like slightly, um, you know, slightly average. Okay. Kind of tier. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. Um, I guess interesting since then. So I mean, in terms of like a signing when he came through and like hearing that was a bit like okay, you know, again. But I I felt a bit of positivity around the similar things. Delgado being like, it's another kind of you know, continental. Um, you know, international foreign yeah. player yeah. who's playing in a fullback berth could be more dependable, could be more interesting in some of the stuff that we've we could potentially get with some of the more tried and tested kind of you know league options. I, I think it's probably more exciting than maybe someone mentioned like Jake Bidwell, for example. You know, yeah, so, I mean, it's probably. Sorry. A bit of there, maybe a potential for sort of a bit of upside. I think since then, I think he's looked. I mean, it was the only, the only Wednesday game I've, you know, been to in nearly five years was uh, the, the Carabao Cup game with you against Mansfield. Mm. And I mean, I, I, he thought he was great in that game. Yeah, honestly. yeah. It's Still interesting. Still getting up to a bit of fitness, but good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, no, I think like you say, like this. There's there's a, there's a, that kind of unknown when somebody comes from another division, isn't there? Um, mm. I think the backdrop to some of these, there's two sort of big looming things in the backdrop to this the summer signings, isn't there? So the first one is, I think we aren't working on a particularly massive budget, so that's that's a factor. Um, we're trying to do things cheaply and as a result you take more gambles um the other thing is that the sort of there has been a big knock-on impact of of the saudi league scooping up so much talent from the the premier league um because it's and there's uh the saudi league's uh transfer window is not closed until the end of almost the end of uh, September as well so um, I think it's led Premier League clubs to hold on to players uh, squad players and young players in a way that they probably wouldn't have done otherwise and that's had a, a trickle down effect all the way through the league so I think that's meant that the big teams in our league haven't been able to pick up their kind of either the, the kind of players outside that core for the Premier League clubs that they maybe normally would um, pick up those sort of showcase loan type players, and then that that's meant they've got less of a squad to loan further down the table or, or sell further down oh. the table. So yeah, it's just all had a bit of an impact. I think in some ways you could argue it's quite a sensible move to by and large go okay, England is a basket case. Let's let's look elsewhere. Um, and I also felt reassured to an extent, although. I don't know whether this has started to fade, but we obviously we lost not just Aaron Moore, but we lost our kind of head of recruitment around that the the same time, mm. um, and brought in an extra a new face from from uh, formerly of Watford. Uh, but it felt like there's always this question of where signings are coming from, who are the signings, and to me, Delgado, Fletcher, and Valentin for various reasons felt like people that Munoz might have had a hand in their selection, which I thought was reassuring. 
Um, I don't know whether it was just more <laughs> the Watford guy going through his Watford playbook, but who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I thought Valentin was stood out uh, in the in the Mansfield game, which first half was about as good as we've looked all season, uh, which might be damning with faint praise, seeing as they're they're a League Two team. Mm. But uh, yeah. Uh, but you can only beat what's in front of you. And on that occasion, we were doing quite a lot better than what was in front of us. We just weren't putting the ball in the back of the net, which seems to be a recurring theme, unfortunately. But there we go. Uh, but yeah, I I would probably agree in terms of it, it's two or two on the cusp of being a, a, right in the middle there in terms of Valentin so far. Um, Deshaun Barnard was next through the door. This is probably touchy. I'm going to, let's do it. Let's say this is number five out of five. This is a yeah. great signing. I was really excited about this one. I mean, the fact that it just seems like the places we frequent, like our talk message boards, it seems to be a lot of people just pointing at other clubs' business and saying, why don't we sign yes. a player like that? Like, you know, an academy release graduate who looks promising, who spent time on loan, who then goes and yeah. makes the transition to a football league club of a second or third tier to make a go of it themselves because they're not going to be, they're not a player who's going to be bothering the first team of a Premier League club yeah. anytime soon. So look at his pedigree. You know, he came up through, I think, Chelsea and then transitioned to Man United. He's played in Man United in Europe. Um, he's international. He's getting caps. Um, he's had that lovely kind of, you know, narration of going up through the league with like, yeah. I think a bit of a blip with him back down to Portsmouth. Um, spent time at Hull, like the the highlight videos seem fantastic. Yes. The fact that he's a ball playing centre half. The guy looks like an absolute unit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just great. Just ticks so many kind of boxes. Absolutely. And Hull fans seem to be like say very speak very highly of him. Uh, Portsmouth fans seem to speak well of him, despite the fact I think his time there was a little bit cut short because I think he had um, I think he had some injury quibbles. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, just just so many positives to check and to say he's ours and we've signed him permanently. I mean, maybe I've since heard some things to say, question about how long that contract is. Yes. Um, but still, like, to bring in someone like this, really excited to see the play for Wednesday. Exact type of players we should be signing. Yeah. Players who are come up, players who are young, great pedigree, um, you know, thinking that we're getting a player in who can play the ball is, is fantastic. Hopefully seeing, thinking about that and thinking, and you're coming in that maybe he's had a, a say in this, a bit of direction to say this is these are the type of players we need to, you know, to start something new at Wednesday. And I feel like we're on a bit of a positive stretch here, but uh, I'll be interested to know your thoughts. But next up is Bambo Diaby. Bambo This is f- an interesting one, but number five. Yeah, I think it, it there's a lot of hallmarks of then going to someone from Deshaun Renard, who I don't think is a slight player by any chance. But, like, I mean, maybe in comparison to someone like Diaby, we're getting feelings of Rita Johnson. We're getting notes of Rita Johnson yeah, yeah, coming yeah. through. You know, we're getting that big, that 
big, huge character. Yes, you know, big in this big, huge, big heart, in this big, massive frame, you know, centre-back. You know, somebody who comes in who looks like he gives his all, somebody who looked like he'd run through a brick wall and probably, you know, take a few players out in the process as well. You know, I, I seemed, I'd, I'd say, was mildly, mildly overwhelmed. I think there were some questions about, like, um, time of Preston to say looks like a player who like fucking shits a shits himself when he has a ball at his feet. <laughs> um, so some questions about that, but maybe you need someone who's just going to be. Again, we will see if he's going to become the goal scoring exploits of Rita Johnson. We can but live and hope. We can hope yes. that he's like you know has an effect on the fan base. But then coming in taking, you know. Bambo number five as his number. Um, yeah, like it seems positive. I'm I'm curious to see. I don't know if it's quite lived up to that yet, but it's still kind of early days. I would still like to see more positives and negatives from him. Yeah. Um, I think he's had a couple of performances that haven't been great, but like in terms of like signing and coming in, uh, yeah, it was a mild overwhelmment, I'd say. Yeah. No, I've been impressed so far. I think uh, on the whole, looks a real, a really good character to have around. He's, I think he's. He'll make mistakes, but they'll be the sort of mistakes that you can kind of understand more often than not. You know, because it's going to come from over enthusiasm or kind of overexerting himself rather than. Uh, he's not going to hide away uh, in in the way that we've seen previous players do. I don't think there's. There's, a, there's an ounce of quit in him, which, um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot to like. I loved also the most enthusiastic kind of press photos as he signed. Um, it, it, treat yourself if you're feeling sort of down in the dumps to to sort of taking in his Twitter profile. The uh, the, the sort of panoramic pic at the top is just a, is just a treat, unless he's changed it in the meantime. But um, yeah, lot, lots to like about that that signing, um, and. I would say probably the same about this player, although it's a, there's a, there's a few more caveats. But um, Anthony Musaba is was the next signing. I'd say the same. Yeah, I'd say it's another four out of five. It's a mildly, you know, mildly overwhelmed. Nice to see us getting a player in who is pacey, who can play the wing. Um, good, you know, good kind of origin coming from Monaco. That's exciting. You know, they're an exciting exciting outfit to be kind of plucking youngsters from. So it kind of feels a bit like, you know, maybe kind of like in a certain comparison, like a bit of international um, Dijon Bernard, like how mm. we're getting players from decent, you know, decent international European clubs who are of pretty decent repute and trying to, you know, give them a, give them a chance to kind of start the career because it's not working for them there. Uh, but playing out alone at some, you know, European sides seems seems quick, seems a good age. Yeah. And seems, those last three, yeah, I think because Bambo's the oldest, 25, Musaba's 22, Bernard's 20, is that mm-hmm. right? All good ages, all mm-hmm. all permanent signings. Uh, this is this is not things we're used to particularly uh, in in sort of the the, the Chancery era at Sheffield Wednesday. 
Um, all three of those are potentially saleable assets in the future, um, which is not something we are used to having. <laughs> uh, nearly always we're getting mm. we, We've talked so much about squeezing the last little droplets of juice from some very, very old berries. These are nice, juicy berries. These are fresh from the tree. Uh, So so we talked about we haven't had a great uh, preseason friendly-wise. We've signed an awful lot of players. And so we bundled into the very first game of the new championship season, Friday night fixture with Southampton. Uh, (laughs) It was rough. (laughs) Fair to say? I think so, but I think there was some positives to take from it. I think that was the thing with the Southampton game was like, and I mean it's it's oh, this is a it's a weird thing to look at in context, especially we're doing this today, you know, of finishing the the Leeds game earlier. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, Sunderland turned up and picked Southampton five nil, um, which could just be a blip or could just be a change of things, but. Um, could be a bad day at the office for Southampton and maybe a really good day at the office for Sunderland. But it's also a different annoyingly quite a different Southampton side to the one we like we played yes. the best Southampton yeah. side that will turn up this season because they had all of their players. That, that is exactly the point I was gonna get on to make oh, it was like, yeah, no, no, it's totally fine. I'm glad that were singing on the same hymn sheet because it was just like, yeah, it felt like to that position to say, if Southampton, you know, keep that, keep those players, um, they've got a lot of Ferraris. Mm. And to go up against a team like that with Ward Prowse, Adams, you know, a few more characters to just think, yeah, we, we nearly nicked a point and we were probably unfortunate to not do so from that situation. We made a decent fist of ourselves. And, you know, not to just be too, I think, because the narrative is going to be about Wednesday. Like, I know, I know, like, Benjamin Bloom, the chap on uh, YouTube, because the championship is in Ipswich, oh, yeah. um, and often has a, a, lit, a litany about what relegates clubs, and it's like chaos. And, you know, just saying things are going to be very bad for Wednesday. But, like, going into, I think, his first week prediction, of looking at the championship, was picking that game and saying, I think we're going to get our first hat-trick for, I can't remember who the name of the chap for Southampton who was up front. Wasn't one of the bigger names, I know, but it's it's a player of some yeah. reputation. But the fact that people are claiming it's going to be a cricket score and to not be that was quite nice. You know? Yes. I think, I suppose, I, in terms of the roughness, I... I, I'm, I'm mainly put because we, we did concede in the first sort of six or seven minutes, and that first half was pretty much all mm. Southampton. Weirdly, I think in the second half, we actually let their wingers cut in more, and they showed that they weren't that good. Like the threat they posed felt more. We, we did a lot of fouls, I think, both. Um, Delgado and Patterson on the right-hand side picked up yellows. And actually, when we let that guy cut in, he didn't do anything on his right foot. <laughs> he wasn't very good. He sort of looked, he was good at dribbling and then not very good at actually shooting or crossing. So it, it turned out 
stopping him was more dangerous. Stopping him and letting Ward Prowse take a set a set piece was much more dangerous than actually just letting him run and do what he wanted to do because he wasn't very good. <laughs> um, but um, it, it just, yeah, I think it was. It felt worrying that first sort of ten minutes. You're just like, oh my goodness, what's this? This is going to be that cricket score. But I think, yeah, second half we came out, grabbed our own goal. And we were very unlucky in the end to lose that game. It could have easily been a, a draw were it not for Big Dom falling asleep as per... Uh, there seems to have been a, a Dom falling asleep almost every game uh, he's played so far this season, unfortunately. Uh, but there we go. Um, yeah, he's the fastest uh, Snorlax in Yorkshire. <laughs> So, where would you put it then, in terms of your the scale of five? You, you, you. Sort I of think it was. Or? I think it was probably right in the middle. Probably yeah. like it was like you know we we kind of expected we'd lose. It was disappointing, but it could have, you know, could have been. Well, it had some positives, you know, to look at. Yeah, no, that's that makes sense. So then there was a there was a, a, a tall gentleman in the. Uh, in the director's box and he was shaking hands, taking pictures. And then it was no surprise to anybody when a few days later, Devis Vasquez became the, the latest signing for Wednesday. What's your, uh, what's your reading on him so far? It's, um, it's an interesting it's one. I mean, so far, um, I think I'm probably, I think I'm probably mildly overwhelmed. I mean, I, yeah. I was just glad that we actually went to the position of going getting a new goalkeeper. You know, maybe I think we probably needed two goalkeepers, but you know, whatever. We're, you know, still got the, uh, the presidential contract we're seeing out for yes. Cameron Dawson. Yes. Um, I think it was. I think the interesting thing is, it's like there's a lot of, you know, you go to the Premier League and we have a lot of very high-profile. Um, you know, very, very good international culture goalkeepers. Yes. And we've developed this world of the Edison kind of sweeper keeper kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's difficult because there are some good players out there to get, but it, it kind of feels like maybe looking at the top, like in terms of a, you know, a, a trickle down approach, it doesn't yeah. seem like there's, a an insane wealth of talented goalkeepers that you can get point, it up from right. from the European market that it seems like they get to the point where if you're a second tier team you think, Oh, I need a goalkeeper, I'll just you know I'll just go to the Belgian League or wherever, you know, France or Germany or and wherever you can of, like Yeah. No, I think that's an one of these players. It's yeah. an interesting point because it used to be Big the big clubs in England would have two or three talented youngsters that were almost as good as their first choice goalkeeper, and they'd mm. down leagues. And it what's interesting is more often than not now their backup goalkeeper is not a a youngster chomping at the bit. It's a thirty plus person that's kind of a, a reliable pair of hands if they're ever needed, but they're they're next to never needed. Like that's how you end up with Carson picking up European Champions League, you know, Champions League trophies and league titles and things like that. Um, mm. Because in the past, I think you probably would have had a young player there, kind of learning their trade and 
as I say, chomping at the bit. There's been quite a culture change probably in the way that the big clubs run their goalkeeping departments. Um, I think, yeah, just to kind of bring it back specifically to Vasquez, well, we, we've talked, I, I, um, I don't want to talk any more about Cameron Dawson, really, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we've talked to death about Cameron Dawson, um, he of the, the unending contract. Um, I think in, in the, the realms of fairness, and I, I actually did say this to you in person uh, when we watched the game together, which was a, a treat, even though the result was a disappointing one. I think Dawson's earned, had earned the right to lose this place, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say in a way because it's like I'm almost sure he would have let us down and himself down eventually. I don't think he's a particularly good uh, option, but I think he'd done enough to give to 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 have that opportunity. Um, so I think it's slightly unfair to him that we brought somebody else in, and and I think Vasquez is having to live under the the pressure of that and the perception that one of our own has been hard done to in that regard. But what I've seen uh, of him, I'm pretty pleased with, I think. He seems to be just as good of a shot. Yeah. And the other thing Dawson's got going for him is that he's a shot stopper. And even that, he's not the best shot stopper. Uh, but I think Vasquez looks as good as Dawson at shot stopping. He's much better at commanding his area from what I've seen. He's better with his foot, the ball at his feet. I know people have pointed to a, a few missed kicks that happens Bannon misses kicks uh, but the point is that Vasquez passes the ball when he's got the ball at his feet whereas with Dawson more often than not it just kind of goes where it goes and everybody else has to do the best with what happens mm. um, so yeah broadly I, I'm, I'm quite pleased I think in time he might turn out to be a really good signing um, whether or not he's that Westwood, Kirkland, Carson level guy that is actually worth six points a season. I don't know yet, uh, but I'm pleased we brought somebody in. I'm pleased we brought somebody in that seems to have a caliber to their play, um, and he does feel like a good fit to the way that we're trying to to defend. Um, if I'm being generous and feeling like there's a <laughs> there's a direction of travel with how the team's playing. Um, he seems to be a reasonable fit for it. Mm. I think and there is a bit of an interesting thing with Vasquez that I feel a bit like. I think, again, that, and I think it doesn't help that, and I think also there's something very English mentality, which is maybe touch... I think it's, like, weirdly... Parochial. Probably has a little bit of xenophobia. Parochial. Yeah. Um racism slightly i don't know it's a little bit problematic but i think unfortunately like it's probably caused in a history of like the continental goalkeepers you know showing flair yes and kind of not a situation not a position you want to see any great flair in um so i i think this whole world of kind of you know, parrying the ball out keeping it live seems to be a very kind of uh, continental goalkeeping pitcher, which is not very compatible to the UK. So I think there's that, and like the, what we talked about with like the trickle down, like how many great foreign goalkeepers are there. It, it seems it it seems like a pretty sparse thing. So I think that's kind of added to the mentality of thinking that 
it feels difficult when we've gone out and we've signed a foreign goalkeeper. But, like, he seems pretty decent so far. Like, the more stuff that I'm seeing from him... So, weirdly, at the time, I, I, yeah, I'd probably say I was, like, a four out of five, like, a slightly overwhelmed. But, like, I think he's growing into that. And I, I feel similar to you. I think he's going to look to be a, a decent goalkeeper. He, he largely seemed quite assured. No? Yes. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, also, he had some kind of great heroics in the these... Stockport spot kick as well. Yes, um, that was the nice, uh, nice moment for him. Yeah, nice introduction. No, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, and in terms of continental, like I suppose Barthez was a bit of a mixed bag. Larice has been very good for Spurs. Reina was. Yeah, you won't guess that I'm looking through a list of Premier League goalkeepers. De Gea. And he's always had his. He's been Man United's like player of the season for the last like ten years, but he's also been criticised constantly as well. So. I know, well, I know, but when he was when he was on form, he was fantastic. You know, yeah. um, very very good. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'd probably come to like a four out of five for for best basketball. Mm. Um, we had the Stockport game. We mentioned that. Uh, Probably don't need to go into too much detail, but it felt like uh, I, I, we weren't able to watch. I wasn't able to watch that. I just had to listen. Um, mm. It sounded like Stockport were very good, and we were maybe lucky to get to penalties, but we covered ourselves in a fair amount of glory once we got to penalties. I think we scored all of ours, and, and Vasquez got two saves, which was a nice introduction for him to uh, to the, the fans. Um Three, three verging on a four out of five. Is that? If it, 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 does that feel? Yeah, fun? I guess so. I mean, I think that's how it seems fine. Yeah. Um, the next thing was, this is a bit of a tough one to call on, but Lamina Diaby was the next signing, next man through. Known as Momo Diaby, correct? Momo, yes, yeah. Momo, yeah. I thought that was like a four out of five. I mean, again, it seems like. There's characteristics and stereotypes of previous players and archety- you know, archetypes of players that you like and Wednesday players like. And we do love a we do love a unit in centre mid. You yes. Know? We love the tough tackling cruncher. We love the cruncher in centre mid. You know. We feel like we've got the spreader in like a Barry Bannon. And, you know, that's kind of, that mentality is like, you know, you can't really have two in the middle anymore. You need that third player. But, like, it feels like we've kind of missed that. I mean, I felt Volks kind of did enough of that in League One. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm still, the jury's still out. It's, about, it's still out about his ability. And we definitely need another person to do that. So when you came in, you know, yeah, that's a four out of five for me. Yeah, I'm 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 happy to go along with that. Um, I thought he looked really good on his debut, but then obviously um, picked up that injury and will be out for an extended spell, which is um, a real shame. Huge um, blow, yeah. Yeah, because he really did look. Uh, he looked the business in his uh, in his first mm-hmm. the first half against um, Preston. Um, then we had the whole game, which I think probably is. Uh, the low ebb thus far of uh, of the, the yeah, season yeah. as it stands. Very much so. Very much so. 
Yeah. Um, so we're looking at a, at a one out of five there. Um, Just awful. Yeah. 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 Uh, Anything more to add really on that one, or is it just that's just that's it is what it is? It was awful, it's just such a capitulation. You know, it felt like we were going from the league strength from Southampton to say, I think sometimes there's a mentality of like, you know, this is a should be a game we should be trying to get something out of, and then to just be completely demolished and dismantled was pretty hard, pretty heartbreaking, honestly. Um. So we get to the the next signing was uh, Deji Gasama from Paris Saint Germain. We've not seen very much of him. Yaman from Paris Saint Germain, yeah. Yaman from Germain, yes. Yaman from Germain, great. Yeah, and I was really excited when he came in. I'd probably put this, you know, this is probably more pushing a five. Another five, great honestly, video just in terms of. Great video, you know, great age. Yeah. Um, you know, very similar things to Masaba, I think, but just a touch better in terms of on paper, honestly. Yeah, he he looks like he could be an answer to that tricky left hand. Although he's right-footed, he seems to be a specialist at playing kind of inside out from that left-hand side. So hopefully once he starts to get sort of incorporated into the team, he could be a really useful person to have the other thing is we've seen in a couple of games musaba utilized and then he kind of runs out of steam after an hour and that Uh, i don't we haven't necessarily done it yet but it feels sensible that in time if that's the case you know if we decide we go with musaba then you'd bring gasima on for him as a like for like and just keep that pace and threat going um as i say we haven't done that as yet but uh that feels like a bit of a no-brainer once once we're happy. You know, they're, they're both bedded in. But yeah, 19-year-old again. He's a, it's a permanent signing, so um, lots of feels like lots of upside on that. Um, he looks rapid. Mm. He looks like he's got a bit of a trick. Um, seemed to have more kind of end product from the clips I've seen than than Masaba maybe. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed that that's going to be a really good signing in time. Um, we went into the Preston game next. I didn't see this game, Rich. I okay. was traveling back. So, I mean, you were there. Um, I, I would say it's, in my book, probably a two, a mild underwhelm. Yeah. But what did, what did you think? It was a markedly better performance. Um, I mean, really, the difference night and day between Southampton and, and, and Preston in terms of how much we say we had and how much possession we had. Um, real shame to lose the RB, and I think we never quite got over that second half and had that kind of sucker punch of them scoring just after the uh, the first the second half kicked off, and, and we never... The overall worrying thing as a team is we just don't look particularly dangerous and it's a bit hard to see where that goal threat's going to come from um and that that was case in point in this game but better but not the huge amount better so yeah i think two out of five is fair we went into the cardiff game which i don't know how much of that you managed to see again some yeah no, I invited actually I was at my friend's wedding, so I, I didn't see uh, any of it. But uh, 
I remember the conversation I had with my, you know, our mutual friend Phil, you know, who's a Borough fan, and he's like, yes. you know, they're having a pretty torrid start to the season. In fact, we overtook them. We're off the bottom, baby, as I say. Yes. Um, he's like, oh, no, you're ahead of us, because, you know, you, you thought we had a point. I was like, no, we conceded a goal at the absolute depth. Um, pure fucking huh. idiocy from the highlights from yes. Paul. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really seemingly may have a big say in a Sheffield Wednesday, the rest of his Sheffield Wednesday career. You know, I I think this, although overall the performance was probably quite a bit better even than Preston again, that way of it ending just gave me uh, gave me those old familiar relegation feels. Like that's that's the sort of Mm. thing that happens to a team that gets relegated. You look, you perform quite well. You're, you get yourself back in the game. You probably look like the better team, the more likely team, and then some an act of individual stupidity, an inexplicable one, um, loses you the points. And so you don't end up with one point. You end up with none. So you go from almost oh, this we could taste three points to nothing. And that's the sort of thing that happens to relegation teams all the time. Uh, and it, that did sort of. It was really disheartening. Uh, and I like Will Volks a lot, but uh, I'd love to hear what his explanation is for what was going through his head when he stuck his arm out like that, because just lunk-headed nonsense, really. <laughs> and he didn't have the excuse of being tired either because he'd, he'd come on to kind of like tighten us up at the end of the game. Um, so... You know, you could hardly say, oh, yeah, he was exhausted from playing the other 90-whatever minutes. Um, so, yeah, that was that was, that was was really disappointing. And probably I would put it down as a one out of five, really. Mm. Uh, we've had, this is, I've put, I've put this in here just because it had to go somewhere. Um, the USA takeover slash, as I've put it, takeover. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It's so difficult just to think about like how they just, you know, does every club have this? You know, there seems to be like a mentality of thinking. So thinking about the championship is like, you know, today was a relatively decent get, you know, results. But you still kind of look around and there's a feeling of like, why is that everybody else is getting, you know, getting big wins? You know, there's, there's this kind of patchiness and anyone can be anyone exciting nature with the championship, but it feels like it's everybody apart from us. And it doesn't feel like everybody apart from us is having the sheer level of tire kickery that Sheffield Wednesday gets in terms of these conversations oh, regarding takeovers. You know that once bitten, twice shy, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm covered in bites and now I am petrified and like I, this just felt like if it wasn't so awful that like Chancery's behavior <laughs> post uh playoff final has been completely disgraceful even by his own pretty low standards he's he's sunk to new um new depths and if i don't i think if it wasn't for him being so terrible surely we would have just laughed adam shaw out of the door like it just feels so mm. nonsense. 
<laughs> like he 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 could he doesn't have even have the charm of Michael Knighton. Like I don't think he could do a keepy uppy, which at least Michael Knighton was able to do when <laughs> when he was going around Old Trafford being lauded. Uh, I mean, like I I I. Um, I sent. I was talking about it with my sister. Uh, and apologies, Luke. You, you've heard this already. But um, yeah, I was talking to my sister and I was like, "Have you seen uh, Adam Shaw?" And uh, she said, "No." And I sent her a Google search, and it's just like she said, he looks like a little Britain character who's who's you know who's famous. <laughs> he's a con man. And like, but she's absolutely right. Other than in Little Britain, he would have been blacked up. Um, but just this is just so ridiculous i can't i'm so worn i don't even have the and i mean (laughs) off to get annoyed about it but it's really stupid and i mean uh what's his what's his chop john mcclure yes reverend from reverend the makers made a comment on twitter saying i've sat next to him he'd be like chancery mark ii (laughs) and as far as i'm aware he hasn't expanded on that apart from that comment and i don't know how said he's he would 200 like, percent the wrong guy 200 <laughs> percent the wrong guy wow 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 i mean like how i don't I, the thing that confuses me about that is like i just i can't see it i i i i don't think he's you know the hilarious the the nicknames that chancery gets on now so is chancer oh, yeah. Yes, you know, which is which is very good and it's very funny. Um, but I, I can't like I think there's a bit more of that that I see with him. Like I think part isn't part of it that what one of the things that one of the things that uh, sticks in the teeth about Chinsiri is that it's the kind of ego side of things. You know, it's his name on the stand. It's his name round the ground. It's mm. his. On the shirt, etc., and right. I, I mean, I, I'm not. I, I don't know that this is what John McClure is referring to, but he is transparently a massive egotist. <laughs> you know, what's his charity called? It's called the Shaw. It's called Shaw Mind. You know, uh, he just and and if you Google his name, he's done several things to try and get in the papers. Um, so I wonder if it's on that front, you know, if we if we don't like the kind of me 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 ego of Chancery, then this would be you know so much worse. The <laughs> next the 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 next the evolution of Chancery's yeah. Chancery's me me me. Yeah, interesting. I mean, like I, it's just like, I, but that's a difficult thing. Like, how much of uh, I don't know if I weirdly hold someone like Rob Staten to a higher standard than maybe I should. Like some, I just, I'm, I'm kind of bemused why it's getting entertained so much. Cause Rob Staten gives him a lot of airtime. Mm, he wants to get downloads for his podcast though, doesn't he? I know he does. And I know it's like wants listenership and, you know, coverage, but it just seems a bit, I, I feel a bit false from a duty of care. Like, yeah. Like it just seems like it it well, especially when we had like Jeff Sheard. You know, Jeff Sheard yes. is like the But then classic. Jeff Sheard was given we time like, on Radio Sheffield. He was interviewed more I than know. once on Radio Sheffield. 
so in terms of them doing a duty of care and being a sift for, for nonsense, <laughs> they've got a pee previous that they're not they're not exactly a great sieve. But they don't they More don't do the they don't they don't tire kick the tire kickers though, do they? That's this is the problem. No. no. So oh, but like yeah. if you do that, it it makes me kind of think to a certain degree there must be something in this. Or that makes me something like and clearly the man has a degree of connections, right? I don't know that we've seen anything to show that. <laughs> right. He's put out a bad press release and done and had an interview on the radio. Pretty, pretty terrible press release. <laughs> it's just kind of funny in a weird it way. Is. I mean, it's kind of sad. It is funny. Especially the press release was like, I'm going to buy Sheffield Wednesday, dot, dot, dot. If Chancery yeah. would sell it to me, yeah. you know, when we agreed on a price. And it was you, just like, it's just, yeah. Do you get the feeling that the local press have a little bit more teeth when it comes to Chancery this summer? It feels to me, so this is not just in the case of Shaw. In general, I feel like the coverage has been a lot less cheerleadery from the local journalists. I think they feel betrayed a bit by the... Darren Moore sacking and and I think the press conference rubbed them up the wrong way and I think Munoz has been is is pretty spiky with the local press as well. I wonder if that how much that plays into well, let's the, it's difficult way to stick the, to this organization that's that's making life difficult for us. I think the difficult thing with a with any manager is that they lose enough and you get a bit sick of the GF. You know the yes, yeah. the of a of a jab of a could have a jib type thing, yes. but like I think it's difficult when you have a foreign manager because especially with Munoz, I think you know it's it's impressive of him to you know be bilingual at the very least as far as I much yes. I know about him, you know. But like this seems to be some kind of lack of clarity about a few things and that yeah. trying to. You know, kind of just be uh, straight back. But like, I think also the degree of some stuff that's not getting communicated properly. So, just case, just yeah. kind of case in point, like the one of the bits that Munoz seemed to get a bit snappy with Staten on. I don't know whether it was last week or the week before, but. Mm. Rob Staten is asking questions like about overriding philosophies and things like that. And you're like, okay, I'm speaking to somebody who's speaking English in a second la- as their second language. I can make mm. it easy for them. I can try and slow things down a little bit, not be so, not use like similes. The lengthiest, of, the lengthiest like, of words and yeah, turn of phrase and, like, and idioms and things like that, yeah. So now, part of me just thinks, well, so, okay, so you've got this person who, can, I, 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 you know, normally you the, the manager in the local press, it's a very chummy, collegiate, maybe you could argue too close of a, of a sort of relationship. It's, it's quite, um, you, know, they're, you know, they're like pals kind of thing. And Munoz doesn't isn't playing ball in that way, and that must be frustrating, and it must be a bit disappointing. And if you really got on well with Darren Moore, 
you, you might be a bit hurt. But I do, I did think in that sort of questioning, it's like, well, okay, if you, you're not doing your bit to make life easy. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think it's your job to make life easy for, for the manager. I think you, you've got to ask some difficult questions, but it, the, t- the type of question and how you ask that question, you are in control of. And I thought mm. there's a little bit of needle here. I think you are needlessly making this complex and challenging in a way that doesn't quite feel fair. And I, I do wonder how much of that plays into giving time to somebody like Shaw, because if I'm now a bit kind of at odds with this organization, by and large, this is another way that I can slightly make life uncomfortable. Because if I give this guy airtime, mm-hmm. it's, it's another stick to poke them with. I don't know. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm getting into my own conspiracy theories, but, uh, people, you know, you're, you're journalists, first, you're also a human being, and I just... I just wonder to what extent there's a bit of kind of hurt in, in what's happened over the summer for those local journalists. And maybe they feel that on behalf of Darren Moore, but who knows? Mm. Whether. I don't know. Anyway, um, for me, that's yeah. a, a one or a zero out of five in terms of my how, how whelmed I am. I, over I, the, uh, I, I guess so. I, I weirdly, <laughs> I think because I'm not, I'm not. I'm kind of bemused by it, but I'm not really putting any great stock or thrift no. into it. You know, like yeah. so. It's. I just kind of find it oddly entertaining. He's. He's a very entertaining character. Um, <laughs> this conversation about <laughs> him being some kind of like hilariously bad sitcom character, like <laughs> Little Britain, like you know, you come in the garden, come in the garden, UK sick. But it kind of sounds like. It, it could be a sketch on a show about you're in you're in the pub in your local, and this is especially big for me because you know I'm a man who's been and I'm an immigrant. I've immigrated <laughs> to a different country, and you know, and then they kind of come back. Like it's almost a sketch would be like, oh, uh, Dave's back. He's been uh, he's been living in Florida for the last five years, <laughs> and then this guy comes back in, and then like it's just this hilarious like weird. You know, I, I remember an early podcast where you talked about smoking smoking Marlboro. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. And it just it feels like like some weird affliction of voice because his voice is so his accent oh, is yeah. bizarre. Yes. He's you know he's very very he's very orange. Um, yes. <laughs> there's a the, weird kind of like he clearly has a problem with just for men. There needs to be an intervention. <laughs> And there's this, like, the weird thing of, like, well, what do you do? And it just seems so... It it just seems so much verbiage. I nebulously passed the fanjector on the hubris mobile. Um, I'm one of... uh, Synergy. Yeah, that synergized. Yeah, we were talking about... (laughs) <laughs> talking about the when my dad was talking about like in Dilbert, what's it the character yeah. Wally, and he's asked what he does, and he's like, I'm, I leverage synergy with on on platforms, <laughs> you know, and it's like it's just so much stuff. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, Mansfield, Mansfield. Let's get ourselves Mansfield. Um, Field of Mans. Field of um, Mans. That was a weird one. It was how was it? It was it's a game of two halves. Was the game of two halves? Um, 
yeah, I mean, ultimately it's a two. It's a mildly underwhelming. It's enough poorness. Yeah. Yeah. If we'd stuck away some chances, then I think it would have felt we might. There's a there's a world where we come away feeling fairly rosy about that performance, but it wasn't to be. Um, I do worry. Or we'll talk about the season ahead at the end, but uh, taking chances feels like it might be a big recurring theme throughout the season. Uh, so that we mm. come the latest deadline day signings. Um, Obviously, we haven't seen them kick a ball for Wednesday yet, so this is very much knee-jerk initial reactions. But uh, Jeff Hendricks was the first one that was confirmed. Ooh. This is a one for me. This is like this is yeah. not the player we need to be signing. No. This is everything I've heard is worrying. Um, this is just a depressing. Like this is the thing. It's like it's like you know. Do you want to go unknown? It's like there's a great excitement, even if it's not going to be. You might find out they're not someone of this level, um, but this this guy seems to be of this level, or and just seems to just be slowly making the way down, and it feels like a Butterfield. Um, it Butterfield feels good... it feels a bit David Jones. Um, yeah. yeah, it it doesn't doesn't feel good. So I've called him Hendrix. There is Hendrick. Apologies. Um, it no is Hendrick, yes. I'm sure that's one of those things that's happened all his life. Is uh, people adding that s? Um, yeah, I, I mean, good three, four years ago for Burnley, good enough to kind of be bought for ten million pounds. <sighs> Since then, nothing, nothing much to report. Um, played a lot of games for Reading last season who I guess similar sort of position to us this year in that they're, they're going to have a season of battling along the bottom and they didn't win that battle. So he doesn't have that to his name as a survivor of a, of a, of a relegation battle. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just doesn't fill me with any great joy. Um, the, we also signed John Buckley. Which is the complete opposite of the scale. I'd say it's a yeah. like a four. This sounds like really positive. Yeah. You know, the player we should be signing. You know, I don't know if you heard in this the the build up of like the rumor like um, Swansea apparently were prepared to drop three million on yes. young young buckles and uh, <laughs> and then that fell down for whatever reason and he he seemed like he really wanted to come to Wednesday and he spoke incredibly highly. He did. Wednesday on the the uh, on the official website as part of his interview, which I don't think we've seen a full interview with him yet. But just the quotes from that, he's saying like basically like a coach of his took him to see Wednesday and he's got an affinity. He's made you know he made his debut against Wednesday and scored his first goal. Yes. And you know he like looks at the stadium, sets massive. He knows Bannon, sold the club to him the way the manager. Everything just seems positive, positive, positive. You know, young player. Um, I think he's coming back from a bit of an injury, but like, it's not too bad. He's very young. Um, yeah, yeah, great. This is the type of player yeah. we should be signing for the engine room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only question is why are why are Blackburn letting him go? That's the only thing I can. That's the only thing that like the only little caveat in my mind. But um, I mean, mm. he's scored. As many goals this season as uh, <laughs> a 
as Fletcher scored in the whole of last year. <laughs> he got he got one in the cup against Walsall in the first round, and then he got two in the cup against Harrogate in the in the second. So he's got three three goals already this season. You'd hope he'd be fit mm. if he's played three games at, uh, already this season. Um, he, and you got you did you, sorry did you did you say this? Did I just maybe apologize? I dropped my attention at the slate. Um, you saw he scored two goals midweek as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Two against Harrogate. Mm. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who who gave us a a pretty good going uh, last season, Harrogate? To be fair. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm pleased with that one. I think four out of five is fair. And then we've got today's game. That's the next sort of uh, thing I've got on my list. How are you feeling about the the Leeds fixed the Leeds result? I'm very happy. Yeah, I think that's a four out of five. That's a mild overwhelming for me. It's uh, it was good. You know, I I'm glad that we managed to keep find that steal. We didn't relinquish at the end. Uh, maybe a bit lucky that we didn't concede a penalty, but you know, it. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there might be something that finally clicks, and we finally, you know, get a goal or two goals that we can score at the other end, and then we can keep it tight, and maybe we can put a few. Maybe there's a chance that a game like this would happen again, and we win. You know, because it yeah. seemed seemed close, and we seemed pretty good for it. I'm going to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of leads pressure but it didn't none of it really made me that worried you know no and i thought particularly i thought they looked dangerous first half but less so second half and that's quite nice to feel like occasionally we're making sort of positive adjustments in that second half um and yeah i i would argue the best chances were ours i think patterson's one off the set piece of the corner was um i mean how he didn't hit the target with that at least I don't know and then I thought Windass arguably should have done a bit better when he was played through by Byers and I would say those were probably the two best chances in the whole game so um, yeah good draw especially away from home and uh, nice to see that there's a bit of a positive trajectory to things uh, but I do I do worry that finishing chances is going to be a big theme this season, because unless we start to find a way to make lots more opportunities, we're going to have to be pretty um, good about taking the few that we create. That just feels like the way of things. It feels like it might be a bit of a Stuart Grayish. If if things are, if we're going to have a successful season, it's going to be like a defend from the front and defend at the back and defend like our lives depend on it all the time, and we'll get two or three chances in a game maybe, but we have to be brutal and take those when they come. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. It's sort of um, a bit of a turning point for us and we can, are we in an, into an international break now? Is that the case? We are. We are. So there's plenty of time for, uh, you know, plenty of time for people to get fit and work yeah. hard in the training ground. Fingers crossed. So looking to the season ahead, how are you? Where's your well-mometer? <laughs> Given the, the whirlwind summer, 13 signings or 12 signings and the change of manager, etc. A complete change of style of play. I, like it, it's just kind of accepting, I don't know, I've kind of almost maybe accepted relegation, maybe. 
Okay. Which is sad. But maybe there's enough stuff to think that maybe things could pull together. There's enough things of promise, and it's still early doors. Um, you know, but I think maybe there's some glimmers that some things could turn around and maybe pick up some, you know? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Hopefully we can do enough to be better than three other shit teams in this league, you know? And the, there's always uh, the last three or four seasons, points deduction has played at least some part in the relegation picture, so there's a few... <laughs> I know. Um, and there seems to be there seems to be a good few clubs who have some financial issues. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it that feels like looking at the uh, looking at the snooker table uh, very early doors and, and wondering about uh, wondering about snookers, but uh, it's 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 where we are, unfortunately, uh, as as a football club at this point in time. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm ever hopeful that we some of these gambles will pay off and we'll start to make a few things happen. Um, I think the good thing about today is it's a clean sheet and that feels more like, I think my struggle so far with performances and lineups and things like that has just been, I can't get my, if there is progression, I can't get my head around where it's coming from and how it's being, like when six or seven players change uh, from one performance to the next, how, are we learning things? Are we? Is that a build, or is that are we just completely like starting from scratch every week? Um, whereas the Leeds game felt more like okay, maybe there's a bit of a template there, and certainly for away games, it's five at the back uh, when we're out of possession. And kind of low block, and then we try and break. Um, I couldn't get my head around that. That seems like a sensible <laughs> tactic to hold. To hold. Um, so that feels like something to build on. I, I can I can enjoy being hard to beat and feeling like we're that's what we're doing. We've got an identity. I just mm-hmm. I suppose that's not what Munoz was brought in for. And I wonder if there's the potential for something a bit more exciting or interesting but uh, if if it just is with hard to beat i can probably get along with that for a season or so uh, <laughs> i've done it before i will find my little glimmer of joy from somewhere <laughs> I, I actually properly enjoyed a season under stuart gray when we scored what was it seven goals at home <laughs> we had the oh, worst season ticket in the league but I found my joys in there Luke (laughs) (laughs) those hard bitten nil nils Mm. sneaking it one nil away from home against you know yeah because they had a better away record than at home right yeah because they they had to attack at home and that gave us a little chance to sneak in round the back and get a goal ourselves. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, there we go. Mm. I don't know when the next dollop of gravy will be coming folks' way, but that's our uh, that's our well-monitor episode. That's our check-in. Mm. Um, the state of Owl's Nation. Twit-twoo. Twit-twoo. Uh, anything more for now, Luke? No, just uh, hope everybody uh, twit twoos the most. That's a twit twoo and good time. 
Keep twit twooing, folks. Twit twoo to yourself. Twit twoo to each other. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, fair enough. Um, as always, yeah. Look after yourselves. Look after each other, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Pleasure, pleasure speaking to you, Luke. And safe travels when you head off back to Canada. Thank you so much, Rich. Cheerio, folks. See you, bro. Bye-bye.